The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Strange Familiars, if you have a story of an encounter with something strange, a cryptid like Bigfoot, a UFO, an alien, a ghost story, and you'd like to share that story on the podcast, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. Another way you can get us your story is to leave us a voicemail at 717-347-8554. If you have a short encounter, that's the perfect way to get us your story. If your message gets cut off, you can always call back and leave us another message. Again, that voicemail number is 717-347-8554. If you want, you can also just record your encounter yourself in an audio file and get us that, and I can edit it up for the show. Before we get to Pandemonium Part 2, I want to thank all the listeners that came out to see us at Comic-Con in Harrisburg. It's always great meeting listeners, and it's always a wonderful surprise when just people walk up and say, hey, I listened to your show. It's really awesome. So thanks for all your support on all fronts, everybody. If you want to see us again, we will be out at Albatwitch Day on October 12th in Columbia, Pennsylvania. It's going to be a great day full of paranormal speakers and fun things for the kids to do, trolley rides, bands. In the evening, we're doing ghost tours and much more. That's Albatwitch Day. Columbia, Pennsylvania, Saturday, October 12th. So the response to Pandemonium Part 1 has been great. I'm glad everybody liked it. 
These on-site shows are my favorite shows to do. Before we get to part two, I just want to mention once again, there's a lot of on-site audio here, and by nature, on-site audio is inconsistent. I've done my best to even out the levels and all the audio, but by nature, it will be inconsistent. Just like last episode, Chad and I kind of pop in between the clips and talk about them a bit, so you should be able to follow what's going on. So with all that said, here is Pandemonium Part 2. back chad yeah thanks for having me again you know hello everyone so we're uh we're on the pandemonium part two pandemonium part two where things get even more woo <laughs> people i hope we can deliver because people were uh really excited and i don't know what's the word about the cliffhanger they were very yeah, yeah they were really a lot of anticipation i, I yeah, believe yeah and, but i don't think that's going to be a problem <laughs> at i all. hope so i hope i hope we can I hope we can deliver here. Once again, we're recording earlier than I usually do, and I think the high school is having some sort of sports game tonight, so you might hear some background noise. I actually thought I was hearing, like, church music, like pipe organs or something going I, on Yeah, I think there. They're, they're playing, I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. So, so yeah, so if you hear anything in the background, just kind of, you know. <laughs> Ignore it. Yes. So, Pandemonium. If you haven't listened to episode one of Pandemonium, Part one of Pandemonium. Yeah. You should probably go back and listen to that. Yeah, really. But we'll do a quick recap. Yep. So we went to this abandoned ghost town called Pandemonium in the Tuscarora State Forest in Pennsylvania. Chad kind of planned the trip for us. We thought, even up to the point we were at in the end of uh, the last episode, we thought this was going to be kind of a historical episode yeah we're going to talk about the history of the town and some of the neat stories some history and you know maybe some evps yeah like dowsing rods we we thought we might get some ghost stuff maybe because there's some ghost stories there and had an interesting time we left some offerings out uh, in the form of things that tobe johnson from strange brow had sent me he sent me a an owl feather and a cedar ball we left the owl feather down from our camp about 150 yards 200 yards yeah 200 yards max if even that from our camp down the hill we left the cedar ball at the cemetery also down from the camp we left a you left a piece of sleg from Cador's furnace yes and mark had left an apple and some other items some some fennel and i believe a little bit of cinnamon or and yeah so we had gone up to the cemetery. We had a very, very strange experience of a disappearing cairn, which people have asked if we, if you were seeing the cairn that we built in the future, which is a really interesting concept. Uh, yeah, that, and did we even discuss that like at that that day too? And we just didn't record it. I'm not sure. I, I know it came up at it some. It came point. up at some point, and we it, just kind of were just like, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, it was it was the idea of um, the quantum computer that is our brain like yeah you know, were you able to pick up information from the future you know did we did you see the, the care we eventually built it's a neat idea i mean yeah it, who knows it was weird though yeah it was weird and that established that area is that west of the cemetery there? that is actually somewhat kind of north is it, 
northish. Okay. Because the mountain runs kind of in a um, northwest, southwest. Okay. So yeah, kind of like northwest. Yeah, northwest of the cemetery. We kind of that kind of established for us that that's kind of a weird little area in there. Yes. And when we went back later that night to go to the cemetery, we decided not to go that way. It yeah. just like the, the cemetery was very peaceful. It was very nice. It was a very nice night hike we had. For whatever reason, we just decided, eh, let's not go over there. It just didn't feel right to do. And then those trucks came by, and. That's when everything changed. Yeah, that's when the whole feeling up there changed. And that kind of brought us to where we are now yeah. in the story. Yeah. We kind of walked back to camp. Before we get into the rest of the story, we did get a comment on Facebook from someone who lives near Pandemonium. I believe they even said they have visited the area oh, yeah. numerous times yeah. also. Yeah, she said she's been there multiple times. This is from Jessica, and she gave us permission to read this. She said, a few points of validation on this episode... I loved it. I can't wait for part two. Sadly, you get a lot of young drunks there from time to time. I guess she's referring to the people we were talking about driving through. I've been there, and I've heard what sounds like big work trucks, and knowing it is coming up the road. So that's very interesting to me. Yes. Because as I'm doing these audio, I keep hearing what I think is trucks on the or, or you know vehicles right. on and, the tape, and we're not referring to the trucks, the actual physical trucks that no, came by. Th- this these, is kind of like a noise, like yeah, a constant. Yeah, these are other things to the point where some patrons are helping me go through the audio from the cemetery. So we left a recorder at the cemetery, nine hours of a lot of recordings, lot of recordings. on that, and some of the patrons are helping me go through that. And one of them said, "Is this near a major road?" Because I keep hearing traffic noises. No, it's not. We're six miles from anything. Yeah, we're six miles in from the one main road, the hard road. I mean, we're six (laughs) miles on a gravel road back in the state forest. And there is, even the road, the hard road that runs, Mm -hmm. that you turn off of, that's not really traveled heavily neither. Right. Especially at the time of night that we're there. Yeah. That we were there. Now, sound does travel in interesting ways around yes. valleys and stuff. And maybe somehow some of the sounds are getting funneled in that may or may not be traffic noise from other places or might just sound like traffic noise. I'm not saying 100% it's paranormal. I'm just saying it's very interesting that, you know, here's a local saying you hear trucks coming up and they never they never arrive. Yeah, and, he, and I, I do believe that you had said as we were walking up to the cemetery... Actually, I think both of us were like, well, we think there's a car coming. Mm-hmm. This is as we were walking up to the cemetery. Yeah, we didn't talk about this last time. And, and we, uh, we both stepped off to the side. We got off the road and into the weeds because we, you know, it's night. At this point, your lamp had burned out. Yeah. So we're just walking. And I, I, I misjudged how much oil. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't re- put so more oil in it. For safety's sake, we got well off the road and into the weeds. Yeah. And we're just waiting for this car or truck or whatever it is that to come by, and it never, never came. came. Yes, yeah. and I didn't even think anything of it. No, until Jessica's comment. And and we both neither remember other than that. We don't remember hearing any like a constant rumble, but it might have been something we might have missed with everything else that was going on. I mean, right. there's so much more going on. It, it would have easily been missed. Right. But so continuing with Jessica's comment, she said, "Not saying anyone has to." I never entered the actual part of the cemetery without asking permission, which I thought was also interesting because when we went there at night, remember we had this feeling like we really had a feeling that it was peaceful, but it was for them. Correct. I, yeah, Correct. You know? yeah. So it's very interesting that she mentions that. I can't remember if I did ask permission or not, but go ahead. It seems that people do not ask permission, she means, 
and enter, there's a lot of nervous energy throughout. We've heard chanting out there too. And the area where you guys said you were staying away from at night, that's a good idea. We found skulls there. And my one friend has had her shirt pulled in broad daylight. It's not a friendly part at all. Also, things do get thrown at people there. So this, she knows exactly where we're talking about. Yes, and, and this was the area of the disappearing Karen. Mm-hmm. The area that, you know, we kind of feel uneasy going into. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, really interesting to get a local person who's been there multiple times just sort of completely confirming yeah. what, what we said. It was, kind of, it was kind of like a little validation. It was kind of nice to have somebody else's encounter yeah, versus yeah, exactly. just ours. Exactly. Which, speaking of... Later in this episode, we'll have yet someone else's encounter yes, from Pandemonium. Yes, So it's not just us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had our experience at the cemetery. We walked back to camp, and pretty soon after, we went to sleep. Yeah. Now, I'm a late-night guy. Yeah, you I, are. I'm, I'm not, but you definitely are. Yeah, I thought for sure I'm going to be up till 4 in the morning because, you know, it's just my normal schedule. I'm usually up till 3, 4 anyway, but I thought... It's not that I, I was uncomfortable, but you're not as comfortable camping as you are in your own bed, you know. Oh, and, unless you're me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, so uh, I just thought, you know, because of my normal schedule and because of all the excitement and, oh, and yeah. stuff, I'm going to be up. I'll be up for a while. So we sat up and talked for a while. But then we mutually agreed. I think it was before. We, we didn't even talk for an hour, I don't think. No. We barely. I think maybe a half hour at the most. Maybe. If even that. And we, and we just mutually agreed. I was like, you, we're zapped. You know, yeah. I mean, I I think we even like mentioned like as we were walking back, you know, when we stopped at the one intersection mm-hmm. before we got ushered along a little more. Right. We were both like, man, we're tired, and it wasn't like we had run out of there or it was like a real long distance. No, it wasn't long. And we weren't far. No, and we weren't carrying any weight. We just we felt tired. You yeah, know? yeah, it was interesting. So uh, yeah, we went to sleep pretty quickly after going back and yeah. i i didn't have any trouble getting to sleep uh, near die. i near was not eye. there was nothing that was bothering me i once i got in the tent and under my sleeping bag i was out yeah we should probably describe the, the camp a little bit yes so yes. i'm in a tent yeah i'm in an actual you know four walls an actual four wall tent tent you're under a tarp i am under a tarp yes which That's is tied to a tree basically. tied to a tree i do what's called a plow point uh, I might actually have a demonstration of that for those who are going to Alba Twitch. Mm-hmm. Basically, I tie one end of the tarp off and then I stake out the rest of the ends. And then I p- use another line either to uh, another post I drive into the ground or another tree to kind of pull it out. And then basically I'm open on the one side, completely open. Right. So Yeah, so the one side of yours is just, just facing out. It's just open. Basically... Yeah kind of facing towards the camp itself yeah i was facing you i was facing downhill Mm -hmm. towards the the offering area Mm -hmm. i could see you Mm -hmm. i could see my backpack and your backpack and we had them hanging on we had them hanging on the trees from paracord if you really want to see the layout you know go to the video Mm-hmm. not trying to promote it but it just is really good no, companion I'll, I'll, to this i'll link that in the notes where chad kind of shows you around the campsite if you want to get a better, better idea yeah of, it really i think it really helps you know that's the situation chad's under a tarp i'm under i'm in a tent and we just we conk out we go to sleep and at 3 30 a.m we're woken up that you woke before me yeah because you had said i was snoring you you were yeah, yeah, was gent, sort of gently snoring. You can actually hear it at some point on the recordings, but 
before we talk about that, I want to talk about the dreams because it was only later that we compared notes on these dreams. And I think, I don't know what they mean, but they were, I feel like they mean something, maybe. So I was having a dream that these little creatures, these little, I guess they would call them little people in folklore, these little hairy creatures were climbing all over my tent. They were climbing. like So I was in the campsite you know, that we were in. I wasn't anywhere else in this dream. I was there, and these creatures were climbing all over. Now, they, they were covered in white hair, but they had bird heads. So one had like an owl head, and one had like, like an eagle or some kind of raptor head. And I think one might have had like a sparrow head or something like that of the three of them that I saw. And it was very, very disturbing. It was just this really weird. Yeah, you were you were shaken up it was, by it when you were when when we were talking about it. You, that was exactly what you said, and you could see it. It was a it was a disturbing dream to begin with, and then to be woken up from that in the way that I was woken up made it even worse. But later on, you you said, "Oh, I was having this dream. I was having a bad dream or something when I when we woke up," and I and I was like. It didn't even occur to me to ask you until we're home, yes. I think, at the point. Yeah. And we're talking on the phone, and we're trying to kind of recap everything. And you mentioned the dream again. I was like, well, I had a dream, too. So then you tell me this dream. and So go ahead and t- talk about yours. Yeah, so, so basically my dream is we were being driven out of camp by short, you know, short little furry creatures. Mine were dark hair with red eyes. You know, we were like having to tear camp down. Like I remember, actually, not vaguely, but I really remember like having to tear my tarp down, stuffing in my backpack. I was yelling at you, "Come on, we got to get out of here!" Wow. And these things were like, I wouldn't say like attacking us, but they were driving us. Like you know, we had to go, and you know, if we didn't leave, they were they were coming at us. Right, right. You know, I remember like grabbing, you know, like just tearing stuff down and throwing it in, throwing it in the forerunners. And so, we, and I'm like, you know, "Come on, Tim!" And you were like. Trying to get out of the tent. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. It sounds funny now, you know. No. But we no. were tripping. I mean, it was just like we were tearing camp down in a hurry to get out. And yours took place in the campsite we were in as in well. In the campsite. See, that's so... We were both kind of dreaming in place, yeah. you know. And then we both had these little hairy things, whatever whatever that means. It was really bizarre. It was really bizarre. So, we're, we're going to get to this on-site audio here real quick, and we'll get to the rest of the story but I have to mention, since we're speaking of bad dreams, as I'm editing the audio for this episode, you know, I'm staying up late. I'm trying to get it done because... Yeah, you had a lot to do. You're about ready to go on a big camp out. I know we kind of have one shot to record this before you go. I want to make sure to get it done before you go. And uh, I'm staying up late and I, I, I go to sleep and I wake up from this dream. And again, I dreamt in place. So now I'm in my bedroom in my house. And... There was this hag-like woman, like this really scary-looking ghost, I guess, of, of this like hag-like woman just screaming, like just screaming at me in the hallway upstairs. I wake up from that, and I actually, you know, have to use the bathroom, which means I have to walk down that hallway. It was it was very bizarre, and I'm completely blaming that on Pandemonium <laughs> because I was up editing Pandemonium audio. Uh, you know what? It, I, I don't blame you because when I listen to this audio, you know, it really brings it back (laughs) okay so back to the night yes we were camping before i play these sounds you have to remember 
sounds on recordings are nowhere near as impressive as live sounds. Think of a, a recording of a live concert versus being at a live concert, like the difference. Yes. There's a huge difference. When you're at a live concert, you know, this sounds much more alive and much more immediate and much more powerful. And it's the same with these sounds. So they just don't translate too well on tape, or certainly not as well as they were there. Yes. So they were much more powerful in person. So what woke me up from that dream was wood knocks. And and they weren't just wood knocks. They were they were heavy knocks. They were loud. These came from two directions. So one came kind of down the hill from that offering spot we talked about, and the other, if I had to put a place on it, was coming from the woods behind you. So on that side where that gully was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That would be kind of behind me to if I was facing your tent to the right yeah yeah so that's if i have to guess the two directions where they're coming from so i had enough wits about me when i was woken up to hit record on the recorder we didn't leave a recorder going all next again when i was trying to save file space i thought we were going to record all the next day so i just thought well and we weren't anticipating this at all no No. i i thought the cemetery is the hot spot i'll leave the recorder up there Right. Yeah. So we left we, the other. We, we were hoping the cemetery would have been where all this this what happened here was completely unexpected. So we left the recorder going up at the cemetery. We should have had a recorder going in campsite. We didn't know. Well, for now, and we're going to add two recorders going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I did wake up and I hit record, and this is the wood knocks. Yeah, dude. I'm sitting here inside my sleeping bag, shivering. You're cold. No, I'm freaked out. I'm getting up. At this point, I'm awake now. Yeah. It's going to be a long night. So, um... Yeah. That clip is full of sounds, other than the knocks. But those knocks... It sounded to me like, and again, this is just what it sounded like. I don't know that this is what it was, but it sounded like a big, heavy branch that was maybe wet or covered in bark or something. That is those thumps. You can hear those heavy thumps. That's most of what you hear. And it sounds like it's answered by something, you know, it's maybe a harder branch that's dry. It sounds more like a baseball bat. 
It's very, very crisp. Very kind of. crisp and hollow sound. Yeah. Caring. And you can tell they come from a different direction. If you're listening in with headphones, you can hear. It's the I think it's the second to the last knock in the clip, and we'll play it again here in a second. You can hear the thud and then the answer. And if you're listening in headphones, it comes from a different direction. It's almost all in one channel. So it was a it, it was definitely a different direction. So there's knocks going on in two different directions. Now let me ask you this, because you initially heard this before I did. Which sound was coming down at the offering area, and which one was coming over near the color? The, the heavy thuds. The heavy thuds were coming from down over the hill. Okay. Absolutely. And, in fact, when I hit record, I don't know that I even picked up the answer until the last one, that very last one. Yeah. And that's what woke you up. Yeah, that was the, yeah. Tim woke up before me, and that one was what. Yeah, when, the last one is what really. If you hear wo- something that sounds like growling, that's actually Chad snoring. Yes, <laughs> so that's not that's not a gorilla growl there. That's Chad snoring. But that that last one was so heavy and so loud. That's that's the one that jolted me awake. Yeah, yeah. That's when you say, "Did you hear that?" Let me play that again. The whole clip. All right, now I'm going to replay just the part that's the knock and the answer, and I'm going to play that three times so pe- if you know people know exactly what part I'm talking about with the the, the real clear knock and answer. I, yes. think I think it's answered a couple of times, but this is the very very clear. So that's. Something with hands, right? Absolutely. That's Absolutely. that's all I can say. I can't make a claim as to what any of that was. It wasn't a woodpecker. Those weren't branches falling. No, this no, it wasn't a woodpecker because we're talking three thirty in the morning. Right. It's it was pitch black. Right. If it was a branch falling, and I had this discussion with somebody local, and they're like, "Well, what if it was a branch falling?" I said, "Well, okay, maybe that would." be the sound for one right but how would you repeat that repeat sound. that and then yeah. it, the sound almost repeats itself numerous times you know unless branches can pick themselves up off the ground and smack the side of trees that that's not happening and also when a branch falls it has more of a crashing sound yeah you'll have the some of the the whistling from the branches you know through the air that i've heard plenty of tree branches fall in the mm-hmm. middle of the night, and that was not it. You know, there's yeah, no way. No, it's this was 
something with hands. Now, if you want to believe people snuck in there, I'm not going to convince you otherwise. My question would be why? Yeah, and, 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 and we'll, my, get, we'll get more into that in a bit, too. And my next question is, where? Where would they have come from? Yeah, exactly. Because there was nobody else in this valley, to our knowledge, right? except us. Exactly. So at the end of that clip, there's a little kind of woo sound that I pick up. Mm-hmm. And this is interesting because we picked this up again. But this is just a short little, and that's right at the end of the clip. And I'll, I'll go ahead and play that three times. This sound does come up again. Yeah, let's go back to the audio on site here. You hear that? that? Yeah. Could be a coyote, though. Could be. Wow, that's freaky. Coyotes do not knock on wood. It's worth reiterating this is all, like, all this audio that we're going through that I keep pausing. This is like a minute of audio or something? Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this all happened. You know, we had. The knocks, the thumps. We had that, what sounded like a woo or a howl, mm-hmm. which, by the way, uh, is not a coyote. Because I, I mean, I didn't think it was a coyote. At that point, I was just kind of stretching for some kind. You know, I, first, I was half asleep because I just woke up. I was just kind of stretching for some kind of, you know, what is this? So the howl that was in that clip, I isolated that. I'll play that three times. Yes. So that, that how there. That how there, yes. I know people love to say coyote. People loved it. Like every every comment on any unusual sound I've ever recorded, people, oh, that's a coyote. That's a coyote. I've played that for, well, you've, you've heard it. I've played it for other people who are familiar with animal sounds. I don't think that's a coyote. It's not. I'm familiar with coyote sounds also. Like you said, I even just to double check I listened to numerous different kinds of coyote calls from different parts of the country just trying to you know just in case because you know the northeastern coyote is different than the one out west mm-hmm. it sounded nothing like that I mean the length of the call the tone of the call and just the pitch the way it rises and falls like a like we were saying like a klaxon horn like mm-hmm. a siren or something it, it, it was not a coyote and you know I even checked foxes, mm-hmm. which have a very different sound to them. Well, that, again, this is very powerful. Oh, yeah, this was insanely powerful. I mean, this was from a distance. This right. wasn't, like, right on us. Right. We're a good long way away from this, and whatever was doing this was powerful. It had some lung capacity. 
let's go back. We're still in that same same yeah, you little know, this, time the, period. Yeah, this is like you minutes, said, minutes after waking up. Minutes, minutes after waking up. Not even five minutes. No. Did you hear that? Was that a siren? No, that was not a siren. Again, just a short clip, but that was that same howl going off again. Mm-hmm. Well, not the same one. Whatever made the other howl, presumably, I, was, went, howled again. Yes, and and then we did hear it from different spots, I think, also. I think we also said at one point that one of them came from near the cemetery. Yeah. And then one came from a different yeah. section. This howl uh, was even longer than the first one. And I'll just play the isolated howl three times so people can listen. That's that's pretty long. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it's it, it, it it's pretty long and a coyote would usually start with like a yip or like a bark and even if you miss that, that it doesn't have that lung capacity to do it for that long. Yeah. And and with the volume we were hearing it at. And I thought one of the most interesting things you told me, because I said, Hey Chad, do you, you like here's these sounds. If you don't mind, try to go through and see if any match to any animals. You're right. You know? And you said closest i could find was a wolf correct there are no wolves aren't supposed to be any wolves yeah they aren't supposed to be koi wolves do not howl like wolves they're a little bit no 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 closer to coyotes so interesting are we hearing a spook wolf is this is this the ghost of a wolf and i think i even mentioned that the wolf tone was much lower Mm -hmm. than this i mean it was almost quite that length it wasn't as long as that i mean this is still something that has a longer right right you know lung capacity and i said to you yeah the closest i could find was a wolf but the wolf house too low right and but yeah could it be a ghost wolf this is kooky right this yeah is it's just kooky but I, I, at some point i don't know what else to do with this stuff where you start going is it a ghost of a wolf i you know it's just and i realize how <laughs> kooky that sounds but uh you know what's going on what's going on here i don't know i've heard supposed big foot howls that do sound like this i'm not going to say that's what it is i'm not going to go there because who knows who knows what it was you know and i'm sure people will have all kinds of theories of, about what perfectly natural animal it was but uh and if, if, there is some natural animals now and I'll, with the next clip we'll hear some natural yeah, animals yeah uh, we're not thinking at this point everything is woo but we didn't know what was going on, really. Right, I right. mean, we we were just kind of like at that moment, we were just like, "What the heck?" Yeah. And you know, and, and I think I did mention is that does this? It sounded like a siren. Yeah, yeah. Now, when I said that, I didn't mean like it was a siren. Right. I was saying it has that kind of tonal mm-hmm. carry. But here's the thing: it wasn't a siren because a siren is constant. Right, and, and this, two this, different lengths. Yeah, two different mm-hmm. lengths. It uh, wasn't constant. It wasn't, and once again, wasn't the same pitch right. as a siren. Right, we have like, we caught it three times. Each one's a different length. So it's a short, at the end of the wood knocks clip, we hear it go off real short. And then 
it's longer the second time and then the longest is the third time so it's a different length each time so i don't know what it was we didn't know what it was at the time it definitely added to the atmosphere yes <laughs> again this is all within a minute or two of, of waking up from the wood knocks all of this happens bam 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 right in a row after this house and everything we kind of get up and we start kind of reconstructing things in as best we could yeah like what's going on we're, we're, you know, yeah. we're getting our bearings yeah we're, we're trying because i i was still waking up at this point yeah, yeah i was half asleep and these siren calls are going off and again i don't mean they were sirens i mean they were calls that sounded like sirens. similar to sirens and we're just kind of taking stock and we're trying to figure out like what's going on yeah i, I, and, I was asking you you know what's going on and we're just we, discussing we both heard these wood knocks you know and a thousand percent sure that something you know was knocking out there so we're you know not necessarily dazed but we're just trying to take stock of the situation we're just we're waking up and we're just trying all right what's going on and what do we need to do kind of thing yeah and all this happens all this bam, 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 you know it's, it's firing off around us as we're uh, we're sort of waking up there but we get up and you, you said and i'm not sure it might come later. You might say it in one of these clips later, but you said something hit my my tarp. Yeah, we were, we were you were still in the tent. Mm-hmm. I was still in the tarp, and um, I was just kind of starting to look around, and something bounced off the back of the tarp. I mean, I don't know what it was, right? It, but it hit the back of the tarp, and that's what I said. Look, this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> I said we're gonna get up, we're gonna make some tea, we're gonna turn the lamps on. That we that were battery operated, right, right, and just kind of sit at the picnic table and wait till daylight. Because at this point it was what four o'clock. Yeah, by this time it's four. four we, yeah, yeah. I don't think we were getting back to sleep. No, there, there was no way we were going back to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> no way. Yeah, I was. Um, I'm all in for this stuff, but I'll also admit when it shakes me, and I was shaken. Oh yeah, I, I know it, you were. To, to be woken up by wood knocks is an impressive thing. Because not many things it could be. It's either people or it's something else with hands. Yeah, and and at that point I was just like, we just gotta, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess the training kicked in. And I'm like, okay, let's establish a safe zone, which is kind of what we did. Yeah, and yeah, you, we, that's actually on the recordings that when you do that, which was a great idea. It ended up being being the perfect thing to do. But then you kind of put together that you you saw something. So you said, you, you told me, you know, I think I saw something earlier and we tried to put it together what that was, which I think became more apparent in the morning. Yeah, more apparent in the morning. So, so what had happened was we went to bed about, I don't know, 12, 1230, probably, probably 1230, yeah, because yeah, we had come back from, from the cemetery. <clears throat> I had fallen asleep and I woke up, I don't know what time it was because I didn't look at, at my cell phone or anything like mm-hmm. that. I woke up in the middle of the night. The moon was still up, and and that's one thing I also want to mention. When when we were got woken up by all these noises and at stuff at three thirty, at three thirty, there was no moon anymore. No, the moon had settled. It was dark. It dark. was dark, dark. So I'd woken up, and the moon was still up. And I woke up because I was laying lengthwise in the tarp, and it was like something had shook the tarp above my head, like you know, like like this piece of paper mm-hmm. and I had woken up and I, and I was like, huh, what, what? I looked above me and, um, there was a spot on the tarp that I couldn't drive the stake in as tight because of the Rocky Pennsylvania, because of the soil. Rocky <laughs> Pennsylvania soil. <laughs> and, um, 
So I had a space probably, I don't know, not even an inch, maybe a half inch, where I could see the moonlight coming in. Where my tarp was positioned, like I said, I could see your tent, see your pack. My pack was kind of out of my eyesight, and the picnic table was out of the ice, out of my eyesight. And I thought what I saw was like a light scroll across the top of my tarp. Mm-hmm. But later on, talking to you, realizing, you know how bright the moon was, I don't think it was a light. Yeah. What I think it was was a shadow, was passing between that side of the tarp and the, where the picnic table was which right. was near where the fire pit was it's kind of like if, if you have the crack under a door and you have light coming underneath in the door and somebody walks across it and you see that shadow mm-hmm. and it just made the light the moonlight look like because i actually remember that the supposed light flashlight i saw wasn't much brighter than the moonlight right so what i think it was was something moving between there and the shadow was on the tarp Mm-hmm. that's what I saw moving so then or I grabbed my headlamp and I flashed it out first I put it on your tent then I scrolled it out and I didn't get up I just kind of leaned out of the opening scrolled it around to where the picnic table was and the fire pit saw all the gear was there you know because you know some of, my, some of my gear is pretty expensive right, right. and I didn't want anything messed with you know, because right away I'm thinking somebody's in camp, somebody stopped by. And once again, we were keyed in because of what the rangers had right. told us. Yeah, if you remember last episode, we said there was a grader parked up where we parked the truck. And, yeah. and the rangers had said, hey, somebody tried to take the battery, but they only cut the cables. They didn't yeah. get the battery. So watch out, guys. Yeah, watch yeah. out. So right away, you know, I, that's what I'm doing. And I saw nobody. I saw nobody. And then I'm like, you know what? You know, it was just nothing. Go back to sleep. And I laid back down. And I looked past your tent, down towards the bottom of the hill, and, and there was moon, the moon was really bright. And I thought I saw movement. In my mind at the time, I'm like, oh, it's just a tree moving. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of underbrush. Right. I was, you know, I was just kind of just yeah, that wake up kind of w- wake stage, up, and I'm yeah. like, it's just. And then you know, I realized later there was no wind. Right, and, and that and that's another thing to remember. There was no wind blowing it. No here. wind at all. This no night. wind at all. No. So none of these clacks or any thumps are from wind. Right. So and again, making it less likely for a branch to uh, swing down and repeatedly hit. You know. Yes. Yes. All, you, you'd need a pretty heavy wind. To, to oh, make absolutely. I mean, we would right. definitely hear. You know, if you listen to the clips, there's no sound of leaves rattling or anything of that nature. Right. So then we get up, and you decide to make tea, which was good. I'm going to play a clip of making tea, and we'll hear a bunch of uh, yeah, other so noises. Yeah, so the metallic noises you hear are me getting out my uh, my stove and my canteen and all that. So any metallic noises you hear are are that and i'd say this we're, now we're about 10 minutes after we've woken up because we had to like get our shoes on get our and, sho- yeah and, we had to and stuff so, yeah so we we've been woken up we're all that around. other stuff occurred <laughs> we talked a little bit and uh now you know it's, it's maybe 10 15 minutes later we're you know getting tea and we hear this other set of noises while we're doing that i don't know on that one It's a bird. Is it a bird? That's an owl, I think. 
almost sounds like a horse. But do you hear that bang? Yes. That's up near Pandemonium. Hear that? What the? No, another bang. Oh, no, another bang? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so that's that owl or something, right? Yeah, I, it's close as I can get to what it is. It's definitely not a coyote. Yeah, that one's not. We were definitely hearing bangs, too, during that, which I couldn't pull out. I, yeah. I tried to find them. I couldn't pull them out of the audio. But uh, what that was in between that you're hearing us as uh, you identified it. Uh, a screech owl. It was an eastern screech owl. That right. kind of like what I remarked was like a horse neighing. Mm -hmm. that, that was an eastern screech owl. Right. Um, which is different than the howls we were hearing. It is. It's absolutely different. And even if this is a perfectly natural owl, and I'm not saying it's not, so, but I think it is very, very interesting for any owl to show up at this time <laughs> after you know the, these other events. So I isolated just the owl, and there is a grunt at the end of the first clip. So there's, there's I think, four different uh, clips of the owl here, or maybe it's two owls. But you can hear this very audible grunt at the end of the first clip. So listen for that. There's a secondary whistle at the beginning of the fourth clip that I don't think is the owl. I no, no, I, I think I listened to that and I said, there's no way that was the owl. Something else. And uh, listen for the changing character of the sounds. So the, the sounds, the last owl sounds different than the others. Different owl, could be, absolutely could be. Maybe it's closer, it sounds lower. Not saying it's anything other than what it is, but it does it does have a different character than the other sounds. So I guess there's five I think there's five total owl clips. So with all that in mind, like I said, I'll play it one more time. Play that whole section, all those together. There's five of them. You want to listen for the grunt at the end of the first clip. This, there's a secondary whistle at the beginning of the fourth clip. And the fifth one, just listen to how much the character of that changes. And I'll play that one more time. Now we're we're at the campsite. Yes, we got about two hours right before daylight. To roughly, yeah. roughly. Weird stuff goes on the whole time, and the audio is not 
it's hard to pick this, some of this stuff up and some of it just won't pick up on the audio. So it's easier just to discuss what we were hearing and what was going on. One of the things we were hearing was something that seemed to be walking around us. It seemed to be yes, just circling, circling us. us. At one point you heard something in the gravel up by your truck. What, yes, and immediately I was not happy with the situation. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and um cuz we could hear a noise coming from near the ravine area. Mhm. Which was, you know, on the other side of my tarp. Are you talking about that gully? The gully, yes, yeah, yeah. the gully, sorry. Mm-hmm. Not a ravine, it was a small gully where a creek had, was flowing through. And we could hear it, and then the next thing you know, you hear crunching, like somebody or something walking on the gravel near the vehicle. And uh, I was like, I'm not having having this. And, you know, I grabbed my grabbed my axe and my, my light, and up I went, and um, there was nothing there. Yeah. So the the campsite's a clearing, uh, you know, kind of as all campsites are, I suppose. Yes. But uh, it's got a nice clearing, and there's a picnic table there, and so forth. And I kept going to the edge of the clearing, um, well, whenever I had to pee or you know yeah. whatever. And I was shining my light out in the woods, and I kept seeing what appeared to be a face on this tree, a big white face on this tree. Now. Every time I went over there, I'd shine my light on it and just look at it and look at it. And I never called you over to look at it. No, no, be, you didn't. Be, not till later on. Because during the day, I think I, I we, we ended up looking at it. Yes. But the reason why is I thought it was pareidolia. I thought the whole time I'm thinking, boy, that looks spooky. That looks spooky, that white face. But I, um, it was there every time, and there was no body underneath. If there was a body underneath of it, I certainly would have called you. Like you know, yeah, if abs- I thought something absolutely because we we were we were like alert at this point. I had thought that night that there was the bark was ripped off of a tree, off of the yeah. the tree in question. It was a very distinct tree. I could you know I could I could find it now if we went to that yeah campsite. absolutely. It's, it's a big tree that's out you know directly in front of of this clearing. And I thought, okay, so what's happening must be that the bark must be cleared off just in an oval shape, and my light must be reflecting off the wood underneath the bark, and it's just, you know, complete pareidolia. It just looks like a face. You yes. know what I mean? When we got up in the morning, I looked again, and there's bark on that tree. <laughs> so I don't know what that was. Yeah. I have no clue what and- that was. I looked again and again and again. I can't wait till we we couldn't get to that tree just because all the brush and everything. Yeah, that was one of the few areas that when he says brush, there wasn't really any like brush, brush, but it was like tall grass. Yeah, yeah, gra- there was some. There was two, a couple areas where the grass was probably I don't know, three feet tall. Yeah, and we will get to that area. It's just we're gonna get a good frost first. And then yes, we, but we were you know you could clearly see the tree in the daylight, and there was nothing on it that looked face shaped, or none of the bark was missing there. It was, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know on that one. But but I look, I, again and again, I go over to that same spot and I just shine my light there. I'm like, man, that is weird looking. But I thought, well, it's pareidolia. I'm not going to mention it. It's just, you know, it We just had looks enough like going something. on at that time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and it wasn't like a white fungus. You know, sometimes you get that white. Right. Like, you know, like a white um, 
fungus of some sort, like mushrooms or yeah, something like that. Yeah. There was nothing there. No, I mean, it, was it was just bark. Just bark. Yeah. Just plain gray bark. Yeah. So I don't know what that one was. At another point, we were kind of walking around the campsite a little bit and, you know, shining our lights. And I caught what I thought was the red reflector from your forerunner. Yeah. You know, so you know how your 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 light yeah, reflect yeah. off the, the the like the rear. Reflect, yeah, you even said that you you were like, "Is your truck over there?" And you're like, "That's not where it's parked. It's parked up there." And I went, "Well, yeah, that's right." So something either red lit up or red reflective was out in those woods, you know. And I shine my light five hundred more times in that same area, trying to get something. To and light I up. think I think that was in the. In the gully area, yeah, it was, that was it was like, towards that area. Now was that before I heard the crunch? I think it was. It might have been because we heard been. a snap. See, we were hearing crunch. It we were hearing That's snaps. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what would happen is there would be a snap. I'd move towards it. There would be another snap. I'd move that, and it was always in the opposite direction. And that's when you mentioned, you know when you go towards that, and then you always hear a snap in the other direction, like it wants to pull you away. Mm-hmm. Yep. We heard a snap there, and you were. We were shining. You were shining on your light, and that's when you said you saw the red. And then, not long after that, is when we heard the gravel. The gravel, yeah. And that's when I went up to check on the forerunner. Yeah. Which, you know, nothing was wrong. Everything was okay. So when you came back down, and we having all these just these weird sounds around camp, and like I said, it sounds like something's just walking. Maybe more than one thing, but something seems to be circling us. You got almost frustrated at a point you're like yeah i was like no i'm establishing boundaries here which was ended up being a fantastic thing to do it was it was a really smart thing to do and it ended up i think calming things down a little bit after you did that what you did is you walked to each sort of side of the camp and kind of stood there for a minute and sort of like this is our area so um, i actually have that on tape there's definitely something out there walking hear it yeah, I hear it. That could be a deer or something. Else. Keep your light on me. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. 
It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So that actually calmed things down a lot after you did that. Yeah. I mean, we still heard a few things, but it really kind of... It pushed out whatever was there out. And Now, was that instinct on your part, or or was that... (sighs) training i guess i think it was kind of a little bit of both because and like when i told you to keep the light on me Mm -hmm. that's so like i had my light ahead of me and then you had the light on me so you can see me so if like i were to fall or you know or right disappear god knows what right right. and i what i would do what i did is i just kind of go out it was almost like almost like at the eight compass directions Mm -hmm. not exactly yeah yeah, not not any woo or anything but just kind of just like saying hey this is our spot. This is our area, right. you know, and just kind of flat. I would go out, move the light back and forth to see if I can see anything. Mm-hmm. And after we did that, it was kind of like we we pushed out. Yeah, it, it really like things really calmed down. It, it was because uh, we were starting to get intense, and that really seemed to kind of settle things down or push it out, like you said. Whatever the case, uh, but it was. I think it was a good thing to do. It was a very good thing to do. And we spent, you know, we just hung out for the rest of the time. I don't think we heard too much more no things were starting to settle i think i think it was it wasn't much long after that we started to hear the birds were starting to back up the sun was starting to come up yeah yeah and uh we decided you know what let's let's break camp you know we kind of we were tired it was a long night night. so you know as soon as we got enough daylight to do so we started breaking down the camp and uh and we found something Look at this. Okay. Yeah, right? I mean, obviously, that springs from that. Yeah, there's loose springs over here. But when I walked, I I, actually, I already automatically kicked it. There's no way, it, based on the trail. So, look. That smashed down. Yeah. It's out of the f- And place. another spring right there. Yeah. It's... Was it seven in the morning? Uh, Eight on. in the morning. Let me get, give me a second here. It's seven oh seven. It's seven it's, little. It's seven. Little after seven in the morning, we had a, kind of a harrowing second half of the night, which I think we talked about before. And we've been up since. We've four. been we've been up. Yeah, we got up at at, at four. Well, I've been up since three thirty since I heard those knocks, and uh, so we, I had a piece of paracord tied to to hang my pack up in a tree. And I just untied it because we're breaking down camp. And as I pulled it around, there was a metal spring, like a bed spring, attached to it. Yeah. 
like hooked on the paracord. D- just so everybody knows, there's a, this this area that we were sleeping in was the old CCC camp, and there's like pieces of metal. And yeah, stuff th- there are it. metal bed springs around here, but this was up on a tree. I mean, I did not put it there. I'm stunned. About what I, five feet? Yeah, yeah, five feet off. Of, and, and there's no way they would have had to roll that into the paracord exactly, or loosen it up to attach it. Yeah, so we. Can, it was looped into the paracord. I'm I'm stunned. And I, then, there's and it's right by where we were sleeping. Yeah, I mean the, the backside of where we were sleeping. And there's a trail that goes from where we were hearing wood noises. Yep. This, this Di- morning, directly to the tree where my pack was. Directly to the tree. And other than that, nothing. And it else crosses right over a bunch of springs too. So you know, I mean, like something had ample opportunity to pick up a spring. Well, it had ample opportunity to trip over this stuff. True, yeah. This is... Yeah, it's an old, uh, you know, it's an old box spring that's just rusted away here. And I am stunned. That is... I mean, you can see the trail. I mean, that's pretty damn clear through the ferns. Yeah. There's no footprints because... But I I pulled the paracord off the tree, and you happened to look over. I'm glad you looked over right as I did that, because you're like, what? How did that get... (laughs) And I'm like, I didn't do that. That is, and, and there's not nothing's going to leave prints here because of the way the ground. Yeah, is. it's it's just too, too it's, detritus and and it's basically leaves, pine needles, sticks. I mean, you're not going to leave an impression. Here. But the ferns and the grasses are high enough where you can see something came where it through. Ca- came through, yeah, yeah. It's beat down like, and si- and since we're discussing this, we might as well discuss what else we just found. Yeah. So. Tim was taking some stuff back to the vehicle, and as we stated earlier, the vehicle's, what, 200 yards from our campsite? If. Yeah. If that. Yeah. And we were hearing noises on the opposite side of the camp. It sounded, toward the end of the night, it sounded like we were being circled. Yes. Really. Yeah, yeah. And you could clearly see where something had come out of the woods, went up near the road, because I had heard crunching on the gravel, came back down crossed over the access trail to the camp between us and the vehicle and obviously circled back around again. Mm-hmm. And, and it was on the very edge of our lights. I would, yes, I would be comfortable chalking all this up to nothing had I not heard those wood knocks and had that spring not be, you know what I mean? Like, And now I can't chalk any of that up to nothing because the because the springs attached that the thing. spring was not there no no way i didn't tie why would i tie a spring and it, and it sure as heck wasn't at the base of the tree no because they're all all the loose ones are here in fact i commented on the iron that was at the base remember yeah we saw we looked and saw what there your pack was here yeah not there yeah oh yeah because there's that band absolutely yep my pack was so up, the question is and you're talking, you know, five, six feet off the ground. And there's no way you looped it. You caught it because no, it, was I, like, it, was, it was like twisted on. It was like something uh, took it and like turned it on in yeah, deep yeah, through the spring. It's a coil spring. Yeah. That's crazy. I, uh, yeah, uh, this is, this has been an interesting night and day. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just, you know, we're breaking up camp right now. We're actually trying to leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm stunned. I am absolutely stunned by that. Wow. Wow. You can hear in my voice, I think, how shook I was. Oh, you were, because I was I was taking something down. Well, I wish, like, th- I wish there was a film camera on us, because you happened to look over. 
right as I swung that paracord around, for some reason, you looked right at me. Yeah. And the look on your face was like, why do you have that spring? Like, you just had this confused look on yeah. your face. But you saw right as I brought it around, which I was happy. I would, I'm glad you did because I would have had been like, hey, Chad, look. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. have to say anything. You saw. And I swing the cord around. And then, and I'm confused. I'm like, what is the... Why we were is both confused. Here? <laughs> yeah. And we kind of look at each other and we're looking at the cord. And, and then it just... It was amazing. I, I, and then the look of shock on your face. Yeah. I'm, why? I... Talk about hair stand on end my, right now and, on my arms. It's like yours. Woo. And I explained it then, and I'm going to say it again, because you just cannot really say this enough. It wasn't hooked on. Right. This was a coil spring, like from a bed, and it was like something or somebody, I mean something, what, whoever, something. Right. Literally, and, you know, and the paracord was tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it had to be because of the weight of the... My pack's heavy. Yeah. I carry all the recording equipment. I had there. literally threaded it on like as if they took the end the very end of that spring mm-hmm. and spun it and turned it yes because it wasn't just the end of the spring no it was like i had to unwind you it had to unwind it. it and then immediately i turn around and i look and then i seen that trail in the ferns yep and it was a straight beeline mm-hmm. and now we mentioned those other trails too i don't want to get too far away from this spring because i don't know how to drive this home how insane this was to see this yes i believe you had said that you had said it didn't catch on the tape but i think you had said you know something was counting coup yeah yeah something that was my feeling like something was bent on telling us i can come into your camp whenever i want and there's nothing you can do about it yeah when I said in the last episode, it's one of those moments where something, you know, the other reaches out and taps you on the shoulder and like waves, I'm here. That was it. Because if you want to be a skeptic and say a person did that, a person was knocking on trees and then snuck into our campsite and twisted a spring on or vice versa, whichever they did. If a person took that risk, if we wake up and you're in our campsite we're going to assume the worst immediately. Oh, absolutely, because I sleep with my knife by my head. <laughs> I'm going to assume you're there to make trouble. It's not going to be a fun thing, whatever happens. You know, you're taking a risk, and you don't know that we're not, we don't have firearms. We didn't. But if it was another person, they wouldn't know that. They no. wouldn't know what we had in our packs or in our tents with us or, or whatever. You don't walk up on people's campsites in the middle of the night like that. You don't do it. You're going to get hurt if you do. No, absolutely. And and if you think you're not going to get hurt, you're a fool. Yeah. So could that have been a person? Yeah, I guess maybe. Like, tell me who and why. I can't say that it wasn't 100%, but come on. What What's the reason for all yeah, that? Yeah, really. And they couldn't approach us from the bottom of the hill. Because, like I said, that was swamp. Right. You, you weren't getting through that. Right. There's no way. So if it was a person, right? And yeah, exactly. What and, and it, it spooked you, but really, what also what scared me was the person that did that could look directly at me. Exactly. See me sleeping. Exactly. They had a right while they were doing that. They could have had eyes right on you. Yeah. I mean, if I would have woke up, I would have seen them standing there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the moon was bright enough up till like when we got woken up at three thirty. Right. Right. And when you said this, this is what 
really drove it home for me. So, did something do that? See me sleeping there. Decide to walk over and shake the tarp. Right. And that's what you saw either walking away or walking by. Yeah. Whatever that shadow was. Yeah. I mean, because I, I really specifically remember something shaking that tarp. Wow. I mean, and it wasn't just like a little shake. Yeah, cause it was, I, that's right, because you said when you woke up, you thought it was the wind or something. You thought we were going to get a storm. But there was no there wind. There was no wind, and we didn't get a storm. Was, I mean, it was pretty violent. I mean, it, it had. To, I was tired. They really, and you know, I was, I was sleeping really well. Mm-hmm. They had to really shake that. Wow. Something had had to really shake that tarp. And you know, and it just like I said, if it was a person, they were pretty darn brave (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that if we would have woken up there would have been trouble that would have been like i just because i'm gonna assume the worst if you're in my campsite i'm gonna assume the worst you're either there to steal something or you're there to hurt me so two things with happen that require hands those knocks require hands yep and twisting that on require hands yep and and like I said, it, it wasn't like the paracord was really lax. Oh no! no. Uh, and it wasn't like it was right down along the ground. You know, no, it was it between was five and six five feet. feet. Yeah. And then when I walked the trail that went through the ferns, mm-hmm. I tripped mm-hmm. because the ferns were hiding. Because I walked directly on the trail because I wanted to match step for step. And and I will say this: it wasn't like a quadruped. I matched step for step to see what they walked over, and I immediately tripped over in that the box spring, that stupid box spring. Yeah. So to walk in the middle of the dark in the night through into our camp, where you know there's a tent there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that spot was like four feet from your tent because mm-hmm. your tent was right off four feet, not even four feet from that spot. And then you know, my tarp was right there. And then, and that's why I say in the video, you know, this is important to know where how this stuff was positioned because right. it really drives home how close this was. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I. You know. If anybody has an answer, please tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to know. You know, if you were the guy that that, that did this, please tell me. You yeah, know? yeah. If it's crazy mountain people, why? <laughs> yeah, why, why? Why would you do that? Yeah, you why? know? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. But boy, it uh, the other. What can you do? And why a spring? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it was, was just a random. Yeah. And and what and then what else? You know, we found those tracks between. We mentioned it in that clip also mm-hmm. when we were taking stuff up to the truck. I'm like, oh my god, something had walked through. Yeah, the grass. I called you up because I said, hey, come look at this. Come look at this. And and they weren't. You know, it was tall grass that had been smashed. Right. It's, it's like a wake you can see through. Yeah. And it was and the same th- thing through the ferns. By the, you know, down yeah. by the, the camp. It wasn't deer tracks because I would have seen the deer tracks, and you know, and we're talking like an area. You know, it was like a smashed, round, mm-hmm. I mean, oblong round area. You know, where something had tromped through there, and you could see literally, like when you walked over, because we did. We also went over and investigated the gully. Mm-hmm. You could see where something had come up through the gully, went up onto the the gravel onto road. the gravel road, and went through back into the grass. And we could literally follow a trail awake essentially around our camp yep yep and it was like i mentioned there it was just out of the uh, just out of the range so if it was an animal what animal would have enough sense to stay just out of the range of our lights yeah i don't know and and then what spooks me also is it was between us and the vehicle mm-hmm. yeah. i mean we this you know when you look at this on hindsight it, it is pretty pretty terrifying in a way you know it, it yeah it was uh yeah wow I mean, <laughs> wow, you're I right. Just, yeah, I just don't know. 
hello, I'm here. Exactly. Tap you on the shoulder. Exactly. I mean, no doubt. I mean, I was, this really drove home, and I have never experienced anything like this, ever. I don't know what to say other than the other is a real thing. You know, I don't, I can't say it's Bigfoot. I can't tell you it's ghosts. I don't know what it is, but it's real, whatever it was. You know, I mean, this really happened. This, you know, this, I mean, proved, this, this, this proved this. something is going on. Yeah. Yeah. To me. You know. So we packed up everything and then uh, we went down to check the offering spot. Yep, we went down over the hill. Now, do you think I should leave that feather? And we can check it some other time. That's what I would do. Yeah. Keep the rock on top of it to keep it from Yeah, yeah. Alright, so we set up a little cairn kind of I don't know, gifting area or whatever you might call it. This isn't a proper cairn. It's not a stack of rocks, but a little area. I don't know, 200 yards down the hill from, yeah, from our camp. Yeah. And we set several things there, including a an owl feather from the that uh, Tobe sent me from the one of the owl moon sites. I'm not sure which one. A piece of slag from Cador's furnace, which is very important, and. Mark put some food items out, and he put an apple and some cinnamon and cloves and fennel, I believe. The apple's gone, which could be any critter. Yes. There's a little paw print in the yeah, cinnamon. Yeah, there's actually a paw print in the yeah, cinnamon. So, it looks like a fox. So uh, something took the... That's cute, though. That's a cute little paw print in the cinnamon. We should probably get a picture of that. I, I will. And uh, the feather's still here. But the slag's gone. Yeah. The slag glass is completely it's, gone. It's gone. It's a piece of black slag from Cador's furnace. It's gone. And it's literally like a glass. It almost looks like a piece of obsidian. And this is, like, it's hard to tell where I was hearing those wood knocks from, but, like, this, it seemed they came from this direction, from down the hill from where we were. Well, this piece where, of wood was this big hunk. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that. There's a big, big dead piece of limb that's laying on the on the rocks too. Uh, but I mean, it was what I heard was not limbs falling. It was not a woodpecker. There's no way it was a woodpecker. It's three thirty in the morning. It was something with hands swinging something and hitting something else. Bang, 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 five times. So I. You know, there's only a couple things that could be, I guess. This wasn't here last yesterday. I think I just moved it to see if it was. Uh huh. It's like right above the swamp. Yeah, yeah, right there. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Do you want to try the ghost box here for a minute? Yeah, if you if you want to, mm-hmm. I mean we might as well at this point. I mean, obviously we got visited by a fox, for sure. But yeah, but foxes a fox don't... is not going to take a piece of slag glass or bang on trees. Yeah. So I did try the ghost box there, and we're so far out in the middle of nowhere there that there's no signal. You need radio signal to get voices. It was yeah, nothing but static. I, I, honestly, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, yeah. So it was you know not much came of that. So the slag was gone. Yeah, and and I did 
dig around like oh, yeah, in all the rocks. Like, yeah. I, I did probe around and just to make sure that you know, and it was gone. It I mean, was it was gone. completely gone, completely gone. Yeah. Now the apple, you know, do foxes eat apples? Cause, yeah, they'll eat some. They'll uh, eat some like grapes, and I I think the fox came in and took the. That apple. seems logical because the, the the print was right there. Yeah, like I said, it was very cute. I, I did take a picture of it, and I just looked, and I must have got rid of the picture. I, I might have it if I have it. I'll put it up. Yeah, it is kind of cool because it was like a perfect little mm-hmm. little round fox print. You know, that's down the hill from the campsite. So as we're walking back up, we found something else. Yeah, it's almost kind of woven in. So we found a little little tree structure. Might have been here yesterday. It wasn't here yesterday. I, I didn't notice it. That's the thing. We we walked right by here. Because I came up from there, from where I got. Oh yeah, because that wood. We this was not here. Okay, so we there's a little. As to our knowledge, it was not here. Right. It's uh, three different, or is it four different trees, basically. Well, the upright or tree. Limbs. You, you have a you have a maple. A living maple. Living maple with a dead pine leaned onto it. A old piece of hardwood something. Yeah. That looks almost like hickory. Kind of, not quite woven into it, but kind of, it looks intentionally placed. And then most interesting, there's another piece of hardwood that's just balanced in it. In the the crotch of the, of the uh, maple tree. Yeah, and this and this hardwood isn't here. Yeah, no, it's, it doesn't look like there's it. There's no dead. It fell from above. So, hmm. it's balanced. It's balanced in there. It's, it's just... <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not touching the ground. It's just perfectly balanced in the, in the crotch of the tree. I, I can see the pine falling and leaning because, you know, that, that could snap. But this is different. I mean, that's in there. You know, I'm, ta- I'm not talking about the balanced one. I'm talking about the other one leaned up against it. I mean, look how solid that is. Yeah, for just being leaned into it that's that's the thing with that i found with the ones that are really interesting to me are put together in interesting ways they either have something balancing or something woven in and this is not anybody's campsite this is not a bushcraft campsite no no No. why would you do that anyway like what's the per like and we're like there's no practical use for this no there isn't and we're and we're up you like directly from where speaking of bush so we we were speaking before about like you were saying like i think some of these tree structures are, are maybe bushcraft things that and and yes. i would agree but taking that this isn't taking that further and you tell me if i'm wrong because you do it you do bush correct plan. you're not going to go out and do something for decoration everything you're doing is it's for practicality practical correct. use. correct so you're not going to like this has no practical use you're not going to go out in the woods and just make something like this just to make it no yeah it's got no practical use no so yes and I've seen some, and you've pointed out to me, like, oh, this looks like a bushcraft shelter, and, and I agree, and, and I see that. And, and it was, like, either, you know, something that you would throw a tarp up. Right. And it, would, it was, like, the, basically a skeleton to throw the right. tarp and on in top. In fact, I know one. I'll have to, I'll have to show you. Well, it's, the one we actually found, like, a fire pit, remember? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll have to show you another one. It's, in, it's, in a, it's just a local, it's in a county park. And I've seen people post pictures of it online as a Bigfoot structure, and it's very, I mean, even I went, nah, that's, that's a shelter of some sort. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but this, this isn't. No, no, yeah, this, I mean, this, this is just, this has no, to my knowledge, and it's no practical purpose. Yeah, no, this wouldn't be a lean to. This wouldn't be like a skeleton, you know, like a skeleton just to throw a uh, tarp over or right, anything no, like that. Is... It would be, you know, no signs of axes or saws, you know. So, 
Uh, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. This is all on the hillside, uh, down again, down from the camp where we, where the slag was taken. Yep. And uh, we're just making our way back up now, and I'm getting bitten. Stuff over there behind on the, uh, behind the little trees. Yeah. That's where that was. So it was close. That's pretty yeah. damn close. So people have these theories about these, you know, so-called tree structures. Correct. And they'll tell you they're warning signs or they're, they're marking out territory or do, do not... Oh, man, I just ate some... Ah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Ah. Talking while I'm walking. Eight spider webs. Ah. So, uh... And they'll tell you, like, some of these guys will tell you exactly what they are. No, this means this. This means stay out. Right. This means that how they know that I don't know but uh, I've been working on this theory that I think we think we're thinking too simply and I think they're done with purpose but the purpose might not be so simple as marking out hunting grounds or, no. or anything like that. I'm wondering if they're not something more like religious symbols, idols, mm-hmm. altars, maybe sigils they're making in the woods, three-dimensional sigils. Again, if we're talking about Bigfoot and not... If we're talking about a forest spirit, then all, all bets are off. Like, yeah, why not? Absolutely. Why not with that? You're right? talking something. If the forest spirit, you're talking something that you ain't even going to comprehend its thought processes. But if we're talking Bigfoot, my point is, if it's if it's a wild man, and that seems to be the the new line of thinking, they keep saying it's it's a human, it's some sort of cousin of ours or something. The people who say it's you know a natural animal. Well, if it's a wild man, why wouldn't it have religion? Why wouldn't it have Spirituality, why wouldn't it have, in a sense, kind of like a, a shaman maybe, or yeah. or some sort of magical practice, you know? And maybe those are maybe they mean something, in a sense, in their in their belief system, or or maybe they're maybe it's magic, maybe that's a sigil, you know, it's a magic spell. Who knows? It, you know, I think we're we're really limiting ourselves to think, oh, it's a trail marker. You know, that's you know, what I'm saying is complete speculation, but well, yeah. No, no, so is I, theirs. That's that's my point. Right. The, you know, and uh, and you don't know, and I just think we should open up our view from as what you said could be. and what what I've said and what I've heard. These things are smart. Yeah, they're not just animals marking territory. Last night, whatever it was, last night was about teaching us that it can get as close to us as it wants. It, it, it can do to. what it wants, and we got no say in it. We have no say. Yeah, it, I'm it here. Was, you you guys asked. I'm here. <laughs> I, it it was demonstrating, 100 percent that it it it's the boss. It's in charge. Mm-hmm. It's in charge, and it can do what it wants around us. Which is that spring just <laughs> blows my mind. And I was like less than five feet from your. And, and again, something with hands. And, Some, right, and right behind me, whatever it was, was looking at me. Right. So, so, like we were saying, if it was a person, they were they were top grade ninja warrior sneaking there like that. I mean, if and, you're less than five feet, I would have heard that. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> they came across rusty springs. 
You know what I mean? You, you think they would have tripped on that? Yeah, or, I did. Or anything. They had to take one of the springs and loop it in to my paracord. Yeah, they, they like spun it in. Yeah. So, it's, you so know, you're talking like kind of... Yeah, it's... Know, rotated. Two two things happen that says... coil spring. Something with hands. The spring, something with hands. And those knocks, I'm sorry, that's they were a straight up knocks, 100%, something banging on something. Scared the heck out of me. And and that and that one part of that tree structure was wedged in there pretty yep. tight. I mean, it was at least a half inch into the ground. It yeah, was like it was, it was driven like it was, in. Yeah, pushed in or maybe the wood in. knocks you heard was something driving in it. I mean, I don't maybe know. I, I'm just stretching. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, again, it's, it's speculation. But and then that part, like I said, it's balanced in and it didn't it didn't fall that way. It didn't fall into well, you know. There was no trees around there that was like that. Yeah, exactly. So if it would have been falls, it would have been a pine trees. Right into that maple. There are a lot of spider webs. Yeah, yeah. Nice thick webs too. Yeah, I, they're really thick. Yeah. All right, that's uh. Let's head out to the next spot. Yep. So that was interesting. How confident are you that that wasn't there? When we went down the first I am very confident because if you remember... Well, that's the way you walked up. Cause we, so we walked down and Mark and I walked down on one side and you walked down on the other. Yeah, I, and, I and went... And that's the side you walked down on, so you would know better than me. Yeah, that was. Yeah. A, I actually walked up that side Okay. because I had found that one giant down tree mm-hmm. because being what I do, I... I'm always constantly looking in the woods for resources. Mm-hmm. And I was, remember I went up to that one down tree yep. and I, I harvested some fat wood, yep. you know, which is useful in making fires. And I walked back up that way and I had remembered that one pine tree. Cause like I said, I'm always looking for something to use in the woods. It's just mm-hmm. the nature of bushcraft. And I saw that one dead pine tree and I'm like thinking, Oh, you know, I could probably maybe find some, um, that were there and it was like a an old like just a really big hoary old half dead pine tree and that tree structure was not there i i, I can almost guarantee you it yeah. was not and okay, one thing that blew me away and i actually didn't say it on that clip but remember when i said the one piece that's solid mm-hmm. that you know that's not the same wood i said that's hickory because if it would have been like wood that fell and collapsed, you would have seen a hickory tree near there. Right. You know, you right. know because yeah. remember I said there was no hardwoods here. Yeah. There yeah. was like pieces of hardwood in that structure that weren't. Like, there's no way it could have fallen out of a hardwood tree because it was all pine. Yeah. I, I mean, and having something fall and balance perfectly. In, yeah. In and tree, and yeah. if you remember the one piece, remember I said was kind of wedged into the ground was actually like it was the ground was disturbed like mm-hmm. it had been. Yeah, jammed you, into the ground and you even said because there was a little spot where you you could have used something to kind of drive it like a little knot on the side of yes it. you're like i wonder if that's what you were hearing like somebody drive this into the ground i don't know that it was but it was, at, like, at this point you know <laughs> we were just kind of really trying to figure out what was going on and, and try to reconstruct the night yes. around us yeah so then we go back to camp so the other thing that that we found, which we didn't talk about, was that stick that was, it was under oh, yeah. underneath your gators. Yeah, I had sat the gators there last night. Last night, and we know there was a a longish stick there. Yeah, a twig. Yeah, so we didn't put it there. Like, and you, that's you were cleaning up, and you looked at me and said, "Did you put this here?" And this is after we found the spring. 
And now I did not put that there. And what was weird, did we know I didn't notice it this morning when I was making tea and stuff. You think I would have noticed that thing sitting there? Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> I mean Under the gators. Under two un- gators. Under not just you're one. right, so it didn't fall on top of it. No. Yeah. And it was, you know, a good eighteen inches, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It and was it, and it had it came off this pile there over there and it once again it was not the same kind of tree. No, it didn't. Because I got it from that dead or that dead sprag over there. Right. <laughs> Weird night in pandemonium. It was pandemonium it in was pandemonium. pandemonium. It lived up to its name. It really did. Yeah, we. I always forget when I'm telling everything that that went down, because it's just not as dramatic as the spring. No, we. And, and then I was listening back to the the audio, and I had completely forgotten about it. And I'm editing the audio. I'm like, oh yeah, there was that that stick. Yeah. So we had come back from seeing the tree structure. Well, let me tell you something about Chad. Chad is pretty meticulous, and he's pretty neat as far as the campsite. He's not going to have branches sitting around. It's just it's not in his character to do. And if I would have left it around, he would have cleaned up behind me. It's just it's just the way Chad is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so this is unusual to say the least. Yes. That this would have been yes. on top of the picnic table. So I wear gaiters a lot in the woods because I just you know it helps keep my boots. Keep, keep stuff off, keeps, yeah. yeah. And uh, I had sat my gators on the picnic table when I went to bed. And um, actually, no, I had sat them up when I just put them there as we were taking camp down because mm-hmm. they weren't on the picnic table because we were making tea that night. They yeah. would have been there. <laughs> and we had walked down to check out the tree structure. And I came back, and there was a twig about 18 inches long under my gators on top of the of the picnic table and a twig had come from the pile of tinder because mm-hmm. I separate my firewood by tinder and different sizes. The twig had come from the pile of tinder and was underneath the gators. Yeah. And, and we it was did, sticking out a little bit so you could yeah, actually was, see it a little uh, bit. Yeah, it was, yeah. you noticed it. I noticed it right yeah, away. I'm like, yeah. what the heck? Where did this come from? It wasn't from? hidden under it. It was, but it, yeah. It was like a, you know, big, it was a bushy pile of tinder, and I'm like, "Where did this come from?" Because I didn't, you know, I would have taken that and put it with the pile of tinder. Because you know, at this point, we're cleaning up the campsite. You know, yeah. I don't let any trash lay around. I mean, you know that we had the trash all hot, yep. trash and the food all hanging up, and you know, it was just one more thing. Yeah. At this point, we at this point, you can probably even hear it in my voice. I am just not not surprised <laughs> after this point. You know, it was just yeah. <laughs> We finally get out of the campsite. Pack we, the car up. Pack the car. We got to get up to the cemetery. We got to retrieve the recorder. But we wanted to check out that area anyway. Remember last episode, I said, remember the cedar ball and remember the slag. And this is where we get into the cedar ball. So here's part of the reason why I said re- remember the cedar ball. So this is, I guess, west of the cemetery a little bit. Yeah. back to the Pioneer Cemetery because we left a recorder there last night and uh, felt like we were sort of uh, told to leave in a sense Um, but we're back to where the Chad's disappearing cairn was that that cairn 
Yes, the one we we built where the the one disappeared or whatever happened. Yeah, that. I, uh, sorry, I mean curse. That was strange. It's, it's there, the one we put up there, and then I I put another one by a tree that was nearby. It looked like there was a cairn there that fell over, and I sort of set it back up and added one to it, and that that is still there as well. But we both agreed. Uh, we didn't feel like coming back here last night. No. It just something about it. it was we just not, it was not a good vibe last night. Yeah, we just didn't want to come this direction. I, you know what, really didn't want to be freaky if we would have got up here. Just and now I know this didn't gonna happen, but if like the uh, the slide glass was up here. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, that's the kind of stuff that Tobe has happen. Yeah. He he'll have stuff like disappear from one site and then like appear in another and stuff it's, it's a, like his the stuff he gets is wackadoodle I mean, definitely I'm not getting the same feeling we had yesterday it's much calm yeah much calmer yeah I agree it's it's almost akin to the feeling we first had when we came up to the cemetery last night yes it was very very calm and then <laughs> then it wasn't yeah. Then we were we were told in no uncertain terms. We were driven out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just call it like it is. Time, time to leave, guys. It was like <laughs> we both felt it. You know? It was like the woods came alive. I mean, yeah. That's how you describe it. And, you know, there was no wind and just like things falling. And, yeah, like I said, they, it might have been stuff falling, but it chose well, up. You said something was thrown. Yeah, you know, maybe it wasn't thrown. Maybe it fell. But if it if it fell, it chose a, a, a very interesting time to fall. You know. Wow. Just a crazy place. Yes, uh, yes, pandemonium. I don't know. And then we get into that, like, does naming a place something like that draw things yeah. in, you know? just Because usually these places, you know, these, these Devil's Creeks and Devil's Pass and, and, you know, all these devil named places and Hell name places, well, Hell's Peak, and all that. You, 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 uh, usually, there's a reason for it. I just found it was interesting that you know the three deals, three different deals, mm -hmm. did three different land warrants, and I'm assuming they're the same family. We don't know for sure. We haven't done. The yeah, research. it would be it would be insane if they weren't at least related to each other. And, and they, they, they actually used the same name. Yeah. for three different places. So, yeah. I'm curious, where was the one in York? Yeah, I think that's that's a big quest for and us wouldn't now. that be curious if it's somewhere that we that we know? It'd be even more curious if it's someplace that we've, we've been digging at that, already. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. But, uh, no, there's just, I mean, this is a lovely little cemetery. Really, oh, really nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Well-maintained, well, well I think it's... it's it's just a neat, and, neat place, and I recommend people coming up here. Yeah, I mean, if not to see the cemetery and what remains of the town, now you're not going to see like a buildings. No, except for the dynamite shack, but yeah, that wasn't except part for the dynamite. That shack. wasn't part of the town. That was part of the CCC. But thing. you know, it's 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 worth the drive. Yeah, it really is, and it's a beautiful area. You know, Tuscarora State Forest. I mean, it's. That, yeah, oh, I wanted to check that cedar ball. Oh, I forgot about that. I'm glad I said something. It, I see it. Yeah, but is it in the same place? 
It is not in this. I don't believe it's in the same place. Looks like it moved to the right. It bit. totally moved. I had it down in here. You can see it moved. I okay. had it down because I, I wanted to lodge it in and kind of lock it in. So that was... Now, so it was like a little nook in yeah. the top of the stone. And it literally went up like a little slow grade. Yeah. And it's wet where this, it had sat. So this is the cedar ball. Again, this is from Tobe. He's from one of the Al Moon sites. And it has definitely yeah, 100% been moved. I'm going to take a second picture of it here. And it was not moved last night when we were here. It was it was in the same place. So this is between what uh, midnight and 9 a.m. or something. Something like that. This was yeah. moved. It definitely moved up uphill. I mean, it went up grade. Yeah. All right. So I was going to take this one if it hadn't nothing been done, but I I think I might leave it now. What do you think? I would leave it. Honestly. Uh huh. You took a picture of it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't want I don't want to set the. That is one hundred percent move now. Yeah, it had to have been, and and like I said, the, the rock is angled. I, I, well, I wanted to put it down in there because I wanted it to kind of nest. You know what I mean? I didn't want it to roll away. So what I would do is I'd take a picture from this angle so you can see that it actually moved up a, a grade. Okay. I think I will. That's nuts. I think I will. Now, squirrel, maybe. Yeah. Interesting squirrel to push it around and stop there, you know. Well, you can see the wet spot where it got, where it had gathered the dampness out of the stone. Yeah, where it was sitting. Yep. Was there marks on this before? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because where the wet spot is, there's like a... Yeah, well, like I said, obviously that was sitting. Yeah, I had wet it in there because I, I didn't want it to roll, you know? I mean, look, it rolls back every time. Yeah. So, if it, no, it was here. Right, and it wasn't there. So, you think of it, you know, if it's a squirrel, it's not going to be much to push it up. You know what I mean? No, like, like, no. I don't, I don't think I was a squirrel, dude. Yeah. And you can see the wetness from when it moved. Mm-hmm. So, it must have rolled that way. And we just did that and see how wet that is. Yeah, yeah. So it must have been not too long ago. I wish I would have checked it on the way in to this morning. I mean, even now. Yeah. But uh, we, so. Uh, well, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back and see it again. Uh, there's no saying that a person doesn't come and take that. Yes, but. yes. I mean, you know, this place gets visited a lot. Yeah. The cedar ball had been moved. It had been moved uphill, as we just said. It was right on the edge of the rock. If a squirrel did that... He's a very talented squirrel. He, he decided <laughs> to stop it at just the right time and not knock that cedar ball all the way off. Yeah, it had, had come up because, you know, if, as we mentioned in the first part of, of this series, 
you, know, you had sat that cedar bowl in a little pocket. Yeah, I, I didn't want it to roll. I, yeah. I specifically said, like, I need to find a rock where I can sit this in. So it had been moved. It had definitely been moved, 100%. It was perfectly balanced, too. Yeah. I mean, because remember, I, I said, you know, how could they do it? Because, you know, I picked it up and I said, try to balance it myself. And it just kept rolling back rolling down back into in that, that little pocket. Yeah, yeah. Now, remember, I didn't tell Tobe that I took anything up there. Cause like I said, no. He had sent the stuff with the intention for me to leave them kind of nearby where I could check them frequently. But like I said, we were going up there anyway. So I thought, I'll take take a couple things. Take a couple of the things from the Al Moon sites and just see what happens. We get home then. We you know we clean up our stuff and, and head back. And when I get home, I got a message from Tobe. He sent me an email. As or, soon as, as soon as you got home, Facebook message within a few hours. Okay, within a few okay. hours, the same day. The same I, day. I probably didn't. It, it might have been there already. I, you know, I didn't probably didn't check my messages. You know, until I got settled or whatever. Yeah. And the message is like, just said, "Do you still have that cedar ball?" That's all he said, and I'm, I'm thinking, does he want it back? You know what I mean? Like, is he asking yeah, for it back? Yeah, because we had left it back up. There. Yeah, we left we it all the way up there. up there, and I'm thinking, kind of like, uh oh. And I did not tell him I was taking it. Like I said, he, he, he kind of meant for me to leave that in Hex Hollow. So I'm like, what's going on? Like, why is he asking me for this? So, you know, I sent him a message and it takes him a while to get back to me. And he finally says, because the cedar ball appeared outside of my house today. We last saw it about 10 a.m. Eastern time. Yes. They found a cedar ball in the afternoon. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, he said about 4 p.m. West Coast time. That's when they found it out, outside of their house, outside of Tobe's house. So, the, you know, there are things called reports that happen in paranormal situations where things disappear and reappear elsewhere. And I'm just thinking, what's going on with this now? You know what I mean? We just saw that cedar ball. We just had it moved. I get home, message from Tobe, do you have that cedar yeah. ball? Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa. So I think it's at that point we knew we got to go back. Yes. We have to go back. We were like, we got to go back. And then the slag came up again. Like, was that the same day or was that the next day or something for you? I think it was the next day. 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 It was the day after. So this is the, uh, it's not the same piece of slag. Not the same piece of slag. But it's Cador's Furnace slag. It's Cador's Furnace slag. tell the story. So... The next day, I get, I get home. You know, I'm cleaning up. You know, I was cleaning out the car because I left some of the stuff in, you know, the day, you know, afterwards. And I just, I was so tired Sunday. I just wanted to go home and go to bed. So uh, Monday evening, I'm cleaning up, you know, taking stuff out of the car. And my wife was working around in her gardens. And my wife loves flowers. She loves, you know, her butterflies in the gardens. And she's working in the flower bed. And she said, oh, I found this piece of rock, this rock. And I said, yeah. And she goes, it's it's slack from a furnace. And uh, I think I had just talked to you about, you had just told me about Tobe mm-hmm. calling you. Because mm-hmm. I think you called me that on Sunday and told me about that. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, I told you, you right away. You're like, we away. need to go back up. And, <laughs> then I, and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh my God! You know, did this come? You know, did this piece of slag come back from pandemonium? Mm. So she tells me this. We're coming back from the grocery store, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I found this this 
black slag rock. I think it's yours. And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm driving, you know, trying to get home, you know, quickly without killing us because <laughs> I want to know what's going on. And we get home and she's like, here it is. And she goes and she found it where she had put it. And it was another piece of, of slag glass from Cador's. But it wasn't the same piece from Pandemonium, though. See, I had recently just gotten rid of my other vehicle because I had a, a Chevy Blazer that was just junk. And I had left a piece of slag glass from when me and my son uh, went to uh, Cador's Furnace. I had left it in the bottom of, of the Blazer mm-hmm. in the passenger seat on the floor. And it turned up in her garden. In the garden. In the garden of all places. So this was a bigger piece. It was bigger. It wasn't the piece that, the little piece that disappeared. Right, right. So, but still. That's crazy. Yeah, slag and right after all this. Right after all this. It's right after all this that happens in Pandemonium and this stuff with Tobe. And we're like, what's going on? Are just things just flying through time and space? Yeah, now? Like, yeah. Or, what is know, going it, on? It was just like there was a lot of reverberations. Yeah, yeah. From this whole experience. Yeah. You know? And then we met a witness named Ken in Michaud, and he had some uh, Bigfoot sightings and stuff. And you'll hear that on a future episode. While we were there, he was telling us his stories, and we were pretty fresh from Pandemonium. I think this was, what, a week or two Two, later? I think I don't even know. Maybe maybe a week week later. A week and a half later, something like that. We're gluttons for punishment, people. (laughs) (laughs) And we're telling Ken, like, what happened down there? And he says, oh, yeah, Pandemonium's weird. And he tells us this story about pandemonium now my wife and i uh we went camping up in there one time we at the time had a saint bernard boxer mix and i mean let me tell you this dog was anyone that met this dog would tell you she is she was the sweetest dog in the world just i mean you could take a little baby bunny and we've done this we have a picture of her you can take a little baby bunny and put it right up to her face and she just lick it and all that and but one night we were camping in there and so when you're coming in on the laurel run road like if you come in off of 233 right before the cemetery there that little side road that cuts down to the left that's yeah, meadow road yes yep we went right down in there and uh, found a little, you know, little primitive campsite yeah. right down in Yeah, there. actually, we so, saw it. Yeah, we know we where saw that campsite so is. Right along the creek. Yep, yeah. you know, yep. yep that's, exact, that's right where we were, right in that area. And probably about 2 o'clock in the morning or so, um, I heard footsteps coming in out of the woods towards the tent. And all of a sudden, this dog, her hackles went up. She started growling, got, you know like half aggressive, started crawling up to the edge of the tent. Well, I heard it walk right up to the tent. And start walking around the back side of the tent behind me. I had my flashlight right there. As soon as it came around to the front of the tent, I unzipped it real quick. Flash, you know, shine the flashlight out. I, I kid you not, there was no one there. I believe it. Just yeah. got out, looked around. It's like okay, that's and the old steam tanneries right there. Yeah, where they yeah. were. And I was like, that's pretty weird. Got back in, zipped it back up. The second I zipped it back up, the footsteps picked up right where they left off. And walked back into the woods. Oh, that's away weird. From the tent. Yeah, yeah pandemonium is wild. Yeah, that's... I mean the cemetery itself. We were up in there taking pictures that night, and you know, like I said, doing tours in Gettysburg, I saw a lot of orbs. But it's you know, it's one thing when you're in there taking pictures and you hear people walking around you, you know, like off in the woods and stuff like that, and you know it's not deer. No. Yeah. Yeah. Trust no, me, we knew this wasn't deer. Yeah. yeah. So he was staying right near 
the uh, steam tannery. Yes. I, I think I even remarked, I mean, you might not have been on that clearing, but when we were up there, I said, look, there's somebody's campsite yeah, we said right that, beside Laurel Run, yep, beside the creek. There's, there's a campsite right there. Maybe I, I think you might even said maybe we want to stay there one time or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he even said, I said, I, I went, as I was talking to him, I said, yeah, I remember seeing that spot. And he said, oh, yeah, it's a really nice spot, the water there. Yeah. So so he was right there and then has an experience. So I thought that was really neat that we did not we didn't know we were going to get a pandemonium story from Ken. We were there to talk about his uh, Michaud experience. Yeah. And again, you'll hear that uh, on an upcoming episode. We have some questions about what's going on in Michaud. One of them being, is it related at all to what we've experienced in pandemonium? Because Michaud has been pretty off the hook. And it's intensifying. Yeah, I, mean, and I, think, I think you're right. I mean, it's like it's building to something. But that's another show. That's down the road. Yeah, it is down the road. <laughs> but the Friday following pandemonium, we decided to go back. Yeah, I called you up and I said we're going back. I had a, you know, I said we're just going to run up after I get off work. And we had to check for that cedar ball. Yeah, we had to see for that cedar ball, and uh, we wanted to check some other stuff. And we just, we just wanted to go back, and we did experience more weirdness. We were there. Yeah. If you want to hear about that one, though, you got to come for Pandemonium Part 3, and that's going to be a patron episode. To hear that, you got to be a patron, and you can become a patron of Strange Familiars at patreon.com, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars, and you can get all our extra episodes, including Pandemonium Part 3. As I mentioned there, Pandemonium Part 3 will be available to patrons next week. If you want to hear every episode of Strange Familiars and support us, help us continue to make the program, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. $3 a month gets you extra shows. In September, we did two full extra shows for our patrons. We're hoping to do two in October as well, but we guarantee one full extra show. So in October, our patrons will get at least the full episode of Pandemonium Part 3, where we tell the rest of the story that we started in Parts 1 and 2. There are different levels of support at Patreon. You can check them all out at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Another way you can help is to like and subscribe to us wherever you're listening, whether it's iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever. And give us those nice five-star reviews. Those really help get the podcast in front of other potential listeners. If you don't like the idea of a recurring subscription payment like Patreon, you can help with a one-time PayPal donation. In the show notes at strangefamiliars.com, you will see a paypal.me link. And of course, that's a huge help as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. Patrons, be talking to you next week with Pandemonium Part 3. Everybody else... We will be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. And don't forget, you can always find us at strangefamiliars.com. The Strange Realities Conference. Strange Realities. Come join us for one day of presentations on the paranormal with live music at night featuring T.
Tim Bernal, the rise and fall of the Flat Earth Theory, Joshua Kutchin, Alien Hybrid Lore, Joe Damari, Pushing the Limits of Reality, Guy Malone, Roswell 1947, What Really Happened, Timothy Renner, Pennsylvania Wildman, and added to the lineup, Mark Anthony Wyatt, Cornish Legends and UFO Sightings, Zach Hunt, a presentation of his book on Rapture, followed by a live recording of the Conspiranormal Podcast, more speakers and music acts to be announced October 19, 2019, SIR Nashville. Tickets and info at $40 at the door, $30 pre-sale. Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to Stonebreath.Bandcamp.com for more. We are on Facebook, facebookcom familiars where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group as well. And we are on Instagram at Strange Familiars. Don't forget to subscribe to Chad's YouTube channel as well, Rock Rabbit Outdoors. Hello, Timothy. This is Sean calling. I wanted to leave you a little story about uh, after my father died, my brother and I were at his best friend's house, my father's best friend's house, which was a man and a wife. And we were getting ready for dinner, and uh, the wife said, You know, your father used to call right about this time. And right on cue, the phone rang. And I thought, well, that's pretty weird timing. And she went to get the phone, and hello, hello, hello? Nobody was there. And she hung up the phone, and, well, I had a laugh, just sort of thinking, that's eh, Wow, it's Dad calling. Nobody else seemed to really think that, but... That was a little snippet, a little story I wanted to tell you. And uh, anyway, I enjoy the podcast, and thank you very much. Bye. Go.
sun upon the tree. It waits for me. It waits for me.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.